0: Welcome back to the film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. Halloween magic, October magic, the darkest, most delicious kind of magic. Uh, We are, we're just plowing through our 31 days, 31 pods, October mega marathon. We're glad that you are returning to join us again today. We're also glad to be rejoined uh, by our dear friend and co-host who's helping us get through this Phantasm franchise Carmelita Valdez-McCoy.
1: Hello. I'm loving every second of it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So Welcome back. To be back. Yeah. Tell the people where they can find you online.
1: Sure. Folks can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd. Same handle for both, at Carmelita Says. And I, from time to time, can be found in the Patreon Discord. Because I am also a Patreon patriot. Because Film <laughs> Alchemist, you can... It's like more. Give me more Film Alchemist. Always.
0: Yes. Our patrons think that. Our wives do not. That is the (laughs) distinction. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Uh, So, yeah, guys, if you want every episode this month, if you want to chat with Carmelita on our Patreon exclusive community over there on Discord, go to patreon.com slash Pod. It's the only way to get every 31 episodes this month. We have a big library over there. Our patrons actually voted on our Patreon exclusive episodes this month. Uh, So, lots of fun stuff over there. We work really hard to make that fun for you guys. So, if you can or you're able, hook us up, man. Hook us up. We're giving you a podcast every day this month. Hook us up. All right. Enough of that business. Let's get into some Phantasm Three, Lord of the Dead. Yes, please. This is... How to describe Phantasm Three. This is where (laughs) lore runs amok. That's what I would call this entry. And honestly... I love that. I'm a huge adding lore to the headcanon person. Uh, We did this last episode. We thought it'd be funny again. Let's run through some IMDb trivia just at the start, just to get us in the mood for Phantasm Three. In this sequel, for the first and only time in the series, the main characters refer to the dwarves as lurkers and the spheres as sentinels. I actually thought the undead zombies were lurkers because we never see the dwarves lurking, so that's good to know. Mm. This one cracked me up. There's an alternate ending to the film. uh, It was filmed but not used. Reggie and Tim travel to the wild regions of Alaska. Reggie digs a small hole in the ice and Tim places a little case containing the tall man's gold sphere inside. Subsequently, Reggie puts a metal plaque over the hole and seals it up. The plaque reads, here lies the tall man, RIP. Reggie then says, now all we have to worry about is global warming. And they walk off.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I know the Phantasm franchise doesn't always have great endings. That's not it.
1: Is That's that not real? It.
0: I mean, be trivia is an ironclad agreement with the users <laughs> that they can't put lies. But it's in there. It's in, in there. there. <laughs> All right, here we go. Wow. Universal changed the title for Phantasm 3 to Phantasm Lord of the Dead for a theatrical test release feeling that the general public had forgotten the name Phantasm and therefore would avoid seeing the film if it were obviously part of a continuing series. That hurts.
1: It had been a while. It had been a while.
0: That said, when did this one come out again?
1: 94.
0: See how we got another six-year window? They needed to to start churning these out a little faster if they were going to go franchise mode, perhaps. All right. After the mild box office results of Phantasm Two which earned approximately $8 million against a $3 million budget. That's not terrible. Not Universal bad. chose to not personally pursue a sequel, but did offer to distribute it. Don Coscarelli and associates make it themselves, if they would have made it themselves. With no casting restrictions this time, Coscarelli offered the role of Mike to his original performer, who returned to the role after almost 16 years. At around nine minutes, A. Michael Baldwin's wife, Jennifer Bross, has a cameo appearance, appearance Near the beginning, as a nurse behind a desk who greets Reggie while listening to a Walkman. Take those as you will. This is just to give us the flavor. So it does set a context, though. Phantasm 2 waited nine years to make a sequel. Did not blow up at the box office, right? It made five million bucks. That's good. Yeah. So they said, We're not interested in doing another studio, Phantasm. But if you make it, We'll distribute it. Phantasm three has a real, I want to make a phantasm movie my way again. You can see Coscarelli really planting all. He brought back Mike and Jody's original actors. You can definitely see them going back in and saying, we want to clarify all of the mythology of this film. Cause this is the, this is the film where the mythology runs amok. Like we start to see a lot of, again, never really answering anything. No. But at least getting us closer, right? Because I I don't think we want exact answers, right?
1: I don't want exact answers. No,
0: it's like Hellraiser. We don't know exact answers. Oh, we forgot to do that last time. Better sequel, Phantasm 2 or Hellraiser 2? Hellraiser 2 by like miles and miles and miles. (laughs) Neither here nor there. (laughs) But yeah, I think this is where you take it and tonally you make it what you want. This movie again is doubling down on the goofy and funny elements of this movie with our new kind of D and D team we're we're running with. Yeah, but honestly, it's it's kind of got it's it's a bigger version again uh, than part one, but this time there's it feels a little more for the fans.
1: Yeah, right? this one I is agree. really
0: getting in and like if you're with us on the third movie, we didn't think enough people were making it to part three. We're gonna really pay off that that loyalty so i i fucking honestly love phantasm 3 i was telling you you could make the case in my head that this is my favorite phantasm movie because mm. of how fucking batshit weird it is but i would like your opening thoughts on phantasm 3 lord of the dead
1: so i had never seen this first Amazing. time watch
0: i love when that happens
1: and i gotta tell you So far, if I'm ranking the franchise as we're going, for me, it's one, three, and then two.
0: Yeah. It would be... I don't know that I can make a compelling case by the end of this that this is better than part one. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing it.
0: It's going to be tough. But uh, all right. I'm in. I'm taking the case. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I... This movie is so much fun and it's so much better than it has any business being
0: yes that's a great way to phrase it it's got that like made for sci-fi channel like that era of movies we got because they're really heavy now into the science fiction yes we're getting this weird squad together it just kind of works. For, like, just right from the opening, right? We're going to replay the movie again. We have to see Reggie and Mike again at that fucking Hallmark fireplace. I love when we see the melted dead body, right? The eyes squirt. The tall man's corpse falls in front of the portal. A new tall man comes out, grabs yes. the body, chucks it into the portal, and we're just, we're back in. We don't fucking explain I love what that is. What is the fucking tall man? We know that he can switch between genders. He can choose to fuck. He's insanely strong. He has telekinesis. He controls these orbs. He sends these bodies back for slavery. So something I love about franchises like this, add some new element for me to contemplate during the movie. I've already seen the phantasm shit. Give me something extra to think about. So now I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, if the tall man is just a fucking facade, like one of those alien suits from Men in Black, how does he switch betwixt the man and woman body? And does he even feel the dick when he's a woman riding a man in the cemetery? So now I've got stuff to play with in my head. Yeah. As we're moving through. And I fucking about. love that. But in yeah, the best in, way, <laughs>
1: in the best in way, the, in the best way possible. The best way. Yeah. I love that when we get this recap, but now we're recontextualizing with more information. Mm-hmm. This is what you didn't see. Right, and we get and this, this journey is how the, of... The, it goes forward from here.
0: Yes, he does not... He thinks flesh is imperfect and binding. Okay. So then why is he's he banging wrong. people? Why is he banging people? <laughs> I agree, too. Why are any of us banging people then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is this like some experiment he's doing? Like, why are they fighting me? I don't get it. But if that's the thing. Yeah. If he's just a sphere wrapped in like an android suit, really, why is he banging Right. Like this one goes almost it toes that line of almost a little too science fiction for me by the end. Mm. Right. where we're kind of taking out the. The magical elements of the tall man that make him really scary. Right. Because he he plays almost as a fantasy monster who's doing work for a scientific like villainous society. Right. In this one. By the end when we're turning him into just another kind of robot husk thing. I don't know where I settle on that. We'll debate it throughout mm. the show. Because I think, again, you look at him because there's a scene when Mike, uh, they're doing the thing at the start again, right? Where it's like, I have to find Mike. Mike's in a hospital bed. And when Mike wakes up, yeah, there's a and the Reggie's
1: not dead at the end of Reggie's the last not, one. We, we, oh, yeah.
0: I'll make Mike this point and we'll Reggie's circle dead. back because that scene is fucking rad. But, yeah. Actually, let's just do it now because this is an important stepping block, right? So Reggie gets out of the car. The car fucking blows up, and somehow they're there. The tall man and the minions, the the lurkers, are ripping Liz's head off. So Liz has been fucking decapitated, and they're playing with her head.
1: <laughs> she's not coming back.
0: Right. She's gone. She was not invited back for the sequel once the studio money yeah. was gone. So Reggie's trying to save Mike, and Mike's fighting. He has that awesome—the the four-barreled shotgun, which we didn't talk about in part two— That he never fucking fired. This one, they're like, oh, he didn't fire Chekhov's quadruple barrel gun. We'll do it (laughs) right at the start of this movie. He shoots up into the trees and all the lurkers fall. Awesome shot. Yeah. The tall man's there. He's ready to fight. He pulls a pin on a grenade. And the tall man says, I don't want him in pieces. Take good care of him. What the fuck? Like, again, this is an incredible yeah. decision in the storytelling of this franchise, because what the fuck does the tall man want with Mike? Yeah. Why is he willing to rip Liz's head off, who is another psychically connected kid, but he wants Mike in one piece? And then we flash to that hospital scene. The eye drone, the eye sentinel, right, pops out and he sees Mike. We, we later see that the tall man's watching that like a video feed.
1: Yeah, Mike wakes
0: up. He has half a smile come across his face like he's excited. Mike is awake. So who the fuck is Mike to this guy? And why is all of this happening? Because of this connection. (laughs) That's another fun thing that I it it just deepens the motivational questions of these characters. Because I think as an actor, you want motivations more as an audience. I don't think we give a fuck about motivations. Honestly. Like, Darth Vader was perfectly fine in A New Hope when we all saw him, and we didn't know his entire fucking huge tragic backstory. He was still the coolest fucking thing we'd ever seen. Right? Hannibal Lecter in the first Silence of the Lambs. He was still pretty mysterious to us. That's fine. We don't give a fuck about motivations. We care about actions of characters. Right? Whatever they do, then we can go back and work through whether we think the motivations for that were there or not. We care about what the characters do. And seeing the tall man leave Mike and Reggie and then smile when he wakes up in that bed, those actions let our mind run amok on this fucking movie monster in a way that a lot of the others don't get to do.
1: Yeah, I love that. I I, love it. Because I I get what I – I'm with you that definitely I think most viewers, the average viewer – yeah, we want to know, what what are they doing? What is a character? Right. What are their actions? It is fun, though, when you get a really interesting motivation that gets hinted yeah. at or played with. I just, I love that stuff. So well, we do this, that's definitely you know, a play here.
0: Yeah, the the best villains think they're the good guys.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, does the tall man
0: think he's the good guy? Doesn't fucking feel like it.
1: No, it doesn't. Right, or does
0: he look at us as so nothing that he's just doing his job. But then they're like his species creates these armies and they're no longer just creating workers for the planet with super heavy gravity and heat. Now they these lurkers are not slaves, they are they're they're soldiers, soldier slaves. Yes. Right? So they can go conquer all these other dimensions. Well, that seems like a pretty childish thing to still imagine you're good. Unless you're sitting there and you're saying these poor fucking dumb humans look at how they run this world he came to this world he he was you know experiencing our sexuality experiencing our culture watching us mourn mm. watching how we react to loss right watching how we care about things and maybe somewhere in that when the first movie when he says mike you played a good game maybe there's something about mike well he doesn't think we're worth saving and we're beneath him that's why he's just crushing these oregon towns left and right
1: yeah maybe he
0: thinks mike is worth saving You know what I mean?
1: I like that.
0: So whether he's a good guy or not, he's at least conflicted with his we're going to destroy and crush all dimensions. Again, his speed with which he's working is picking up from the first film.
1: Yes. But why Mike?
0: Right? It's an interesting question that Link, and the movie asks it it five times, and we don't get any answers. It does.
1: No. and, And later on, not to jump too far ahead, but at one point, when he's talking about it, it's almost like he's talking as if Mike is what he's trying to do is return Mike Mike to his previous state. Yeah.
0: I thought that too. Cause Mike even says, he's he's like, I want to know why when the Jody balls, like being his VR headset and the movie never says why the tall man is just infatuated with him and wants to return him. Right. He says again, he's like, you know, this, this flesh that's stuck to time and space. And he's like, I'm going to return you. And then all things unknown will be known to you again. Yeah. Sounds great. We never fucking get to hear any of that. No. Which is fine with me. It's fucking fine. Because knowing that the tall man has some reason to care about... Because let's say, is this like a Promethean thing where mm. they planted these seeds and so he might be the descendant of... Like, we don't fucking know. To me, it plays as he really... Has an extra level. Cause there's that scene when Mike is in the box, right? When they do the other like travel through the dream, right? Where where Orb Joe, that's something we'll talk about greater stretches here. But the tall man has Mike in a box in the mausoleum. And he's like, let me out. And he's like, use your mind. That'll let you. It's almost as if he's putting him through a test to like train him. Yeah. To like rediscover some power or find something he doesn't know he had. So is he just like an exceptional specimen? is he going to be an evolutionary step that they've targeted like we don't know we just know that somehow now he's important and he's not just a person that he's going to hunt down and kill like he's a movie slasher which adds right. interest right
1: it does right and i mean that's that's the thing about a successful sequel right can you do you have more to say can you show us more right and the phantasm franchise is showing us that they can
0: it keeps finding a lot more like this is the big one in this yeah. one right is now we have the orbs are the leftover brain of the lurkers
1: oh that is so cool and so the
0: lurkers yeah he says that the lurkers bodies instead of being smashed they used to say it was smashed in the first one right so they'd keep their body mass and weight but be shorter why i don't know the the gravity right Now, they described it in this one as that the body of the lurkers are vestigial leftover of the, like, cerebral cortex. So, essentially, their bodies are pure brain matter. But then their brains actually shrink. So, they take their – they're made out of brain matter, but their brain goes in an orb. Yeah. That then also works for this empire. These little machines are – the orbs are essentially little, like, spaceships that fly around and do missions. So, it's it's really kind of a – Just like a wildly interesting series of things they lay out. I don't know that any of it makes sense. And it's starting to get to that point where it feels like it's in defiance. Although that's the thing. The tall man never said that. That was Reggie and Jody's assumptions of what were happening. Right? That they were building this slave army because of the heat and the gravity. Jody and and Reggie tell us that. Not the tall man. So maybe it's not combating what they had told us. But I just walking through all that was fucking fascinating. I was like, fuck yeah, after three movies, right? Now we're like, it's five and a half hours in? Hell yeah, show me some of this. And that's like, I love the fact that Jody's ghost is being projected from, he's an orb that's fighting back against it because his brother and Reggie are on the line. It has an eyeball orb. So we see new orbs, right? We see the giant golden one at the end. But it's just, yeah, they still find new shit to do. Right, we add this gang of banditos. Right, because now there are all these everywhere he goes. There are these towns that, is this citizens just think these are like irradiated places? Like, don't go there. They don't know yeah, what's happening. They just know about, small it towns was a are plague, dis- <laughs> It was
1: radiation or toxic waste yeah. or no, it's the tall man.
0: Yeah, they don't know what it is. They're just like, don't go there. Reggie goes there. He gets fucking snapped up by these bandits that are just now. There's a new cottage industry which is running through these desolate towns, and stealing all their shit. And so now we and these these, bandits, these bandits. Let's talk about these fucking comical bandits. They're
1: comical, fucking
0: goofballs. Every one of them.
1: (laughs) Are they supposed to be from the East Coast? Like that one guy. The one guy's like very, very
0: Jersey. Right. The two of them had almost like Jersey midnight cowboy thing going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. Like they never
0: made it to the big city. Yeah. And
1: the consistency of Reggie is that he sees the woman of this group first. Well, let's just and he's so busy wa- looking at watching her bend over. It never occurred to him that this might be a trap.
0: <laughs> Fucking Reggie! The only shocking thing is this moment <laughs> is that he doesn't introduce himself by slapping her ass.
1: Yes. She is also
0: wearing essentially like yoga pants with three like interconnected gold rings and a sports bra, Mm -hmm. which to me Mm -hmm. is not the best outfit for moving all of this stolen merchandise.
1: It's very in living color. The fly girl. Yes,
0: it's her outfit. There you go. There you go. See, we're the same age. So we know these things. But it's very fly girls. Right. As if she's still (laughs) there to lure anyone who might be. Coming to sleep around. And then, yeah, Reggie gets fucking accosted and jumped on. Um, but it is, it's, it's, again, you're telling us now that there are these huge chunks of the world where now they don't exist anymore. How's our, how is our society reacting to this stuff? We didn't get there yet, but they're setting us up for all. I like sitting and pondering these things, especially like right after the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Have a movie, three beers at a bar and like you talk out like all these weird extra things that have extrapolated out. Yeah. And I think this does that really well in this series, right? I love those extra questions, right? And so, yeah, this, these bandits essentially are how we are introduced to, is it Tim?
1: Tim, yes. Our Home Alone kid. This,
0: so it's so (laughs) fucking weird because he's got the little graves. He's got little clown heads everywhere. The funniest fucking one. (laughs) He does the Home Alone trap. Or it's like, now you're in trouble. But instead of yep. the cans of paint, it's a board with blades through it dressed like a clown. Mm-hmm. So it's weird as fuck, but the imagery is awesome. Which is kind of where Phantasm yes. always does its best work.
1: But yeah, I just, agree. He's just yeah, a it's, little like, it's, murder machine. It's very bizarre.
0: Yeah, he somehow he tomahawks this lady in the face. The funniest, most memorable Tim moment. He's like, don't make me throw this. And it's a razor frisbee. And the guy's like, oh yeah, like I'm scared. And he goes, and it somehow Boomerang's back and cuts his throat to where he dies.
1: Yeah, no, very effective. Awesome.
0: Then he catches a guy in a pit, another throwback to Phantasm. Shoots him, and now him and Reggie are on the fast track to being best friends.
1: Okay, question. In a face-off, Tim from Phantasm 3 and John Wick. Who's coming out alive
0: John Wick just because of experience but give him like another 20 years of fighting these zombie like creatures it'll probably be fucking close
1: Tim is a great shot his marksmanship, his marksmanship is on point
0: John Wick is kind of falling on like this it's the thing they keep doing that is just so fucking annoying to me where bullets don't hurt them anymore because right, their right. clothes are bu- like their suits are bullet repellent Sure. Like they can get hit by cars in there. Just, I just think bullets should hurt if you get hit by them. That'd be cool. Um. Yeah. So yeah, even though he's a great shot, can he shoot through a suit? An Armani suit? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean,
0: but again, I'm just you saying. You know where the suit doesn't Tim protect? Tim highly
1: skilled for like what, yeah. a 10-year-old?
0: The suit won't protect the neck where Tim's fucking razor yes. Frisbees. And by then he'll probably yes. have those like Frisbee golf ones that you can throw really far.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tim would
0: probably wax John Wick. He just needs time to like get his full man body,
1: mature. Yeah, his yeah. his yeah the man body. Yeah, and John Wick's just no, fighting is like lowly issue.
0: gangsters. He's fighting intergalactic monsters. Yeah. So yeah,
1: this is something to think about. I'll
0: probably go Tim, but this starts a, a thing that Tim I love in movies: hardcore. Yeah, Tim Wick. I fucking love in movies where we we get a team right. It reminds me of like Beastmaster and other movies of that ilk of my childhood. Yes. Willow with Mad Martig and
1: Coscarelli did beastmaster yes
0: he did so he knows how to assemble a great team i totally Mm -hmm. forgot though tim's backstory is fucking metal in this movie
1: yeah
0: how scary is that fucking scene (laughs) they're watching his dad get put in the ground the the tall man fucking levitates him up right there's two moments in that that are really scary is one that his mom just disappears in the casket right he sneaks in the back yeah when they open that up and the dad's zombie body is laughing, and the mom's slack face is there with a fucking obviously broken and mangled neck. That is one of the scariest scenes in the Phantasm franchise. Like, that is a fucking Gnarly. hardcore image. And then he does the comical jumping through the back of the car, which they love to do in Phantasm. Yeah. They love the leaping out of the back of glass cars and windows. But honestly, I was like, I'm I'm fucking digging this movie, what it's setting up. Yeah. I think yeah, the introduction of Rocky is a little a little bumpier. <laughs> I was gonna say Rockier, but that's Okay.
1: Thing. The introduction, yes. But Rocky ends up being one of my favorite characters.
0: Oh dude, by the time she pulls the nunchucks out, I just said this is right. such a thing from my childhood where like just random martial arts shit would appear in non-martial arts movies, and I immediately yeah. went, Yep, yep, yep. When she that's pulls amazing. the nunchuck out. Because her partner gets caught and (laughs) is sphered, right? (laughs) Blood everywhere. Yes.
1: Well, okay. Reggie tried to drop. Yeah, go ahead. Reggie is in a mausoleum and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. these two women. Yes. Dressed in fatigues.
0: Full army attire, yeah. But like wife beater tank tops, whatever those are. I guess they're just tank tops now. You don't say that anymore. They
1: look like they could have been in Street Fighter. Yes, or Mortal Kombat or something. It's a weird. They're all of us.
0: They also don't say what their business was that they were doing there. No, I don't think they ever like fully reveal what their job was. Because then her friend gets murdered in the face.
1: Yes, and then her nunchucks
0: get snapped in half. It's it's fucking crazy. Tim saves him after he tried to drop him (laughs) off at the orphanage. There are spontaneous (laughs) orphanages now because the entire towns are dying.
1: Reggie just found a house that had kids playing out front. Yeah, and he's like, this will do. Somehow he still has, how does he have all this fucking cash? I don't know. He drops thousands on this lady. Just because there's kids playing out front doesn't mean that these kids are being treated well.
0: Well, also, I would imagine someone like pulling up to my house and they're like, hey, I have this boy. His parents got brutally murdered. He just killed three people in front of me. Do you want him? No. Right. You don't have enough money in that fucking Hemi Cuda. Get the fuck out of here. There's it's no bizarre. fucking chance that I would do that. <laughs> but then that's the thing—you don't want to give him away because he runs in and is like, "Pew, pew,
1: pew, pew." Yes.
0: He's a fucking crack shot. Tim is a Tim's a smart he's kid. He's a bona fide bad motherfucker.
1: He is. So yeah. Kidding.
0: It's it's probably my favorite thing of the movie. I love the assembling the team. It's great. Of course, we have to start this journey with Reggie just being such a douche. (laughs) The Reggie, hey, kid, can you sleep in the car when it's freezing cold so I can bang Rocky? And then she's trying to sleep and he's just like, hey, come out, come on, and like rubbing his old man dick on her back. To where finally she's just like, okay, and then has to trick him to handcuffs. I think that scene is supposed to play funnier. But now it's just like, fucking not Reggie. Come on, Reggie.
1: I was very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. no shit.
1: <laughs> I was very uncomfortable because, okay, yes, Reggie, you're going to try. And if he was like verbally just making a pass at her and laying in the bed and yeah. that's okay. If he had somehow he found
0: starts, champagne and chocolates, okay.
1: When he starts putting hands on her.
0: Yeah, he's like pressing And
1: cajoling her. Her. Then I'm like, okay, Reggie, that's that's not cool.
0: That's a bad look.
1: (laughs) It's bad luck. But I love I love how Rocky is like this asshole. And decides to like, okay, he clearly doesn't get the hint. Right. (laughs) He's not going to honor consent here. So I'm gonna incapacitate him by
0: (laughs) It's actually a point we have (laughs) to I have to bring this up with you and we can expand on. The movie does a yeah. uh, Reggie's trying to assault this woman. At bare minimum he's an unwanted sexual advance, physically touching her, right? Yes. The scene when <laughs> later Ghost Jody needs Reggie's help to enter dreams that are real and po- I mean this movie does things that are it gets a little too sci-fi at times. We go into Reggie's dreams where yes. we see him just banging Rocky and her loving yeah. it. And right. I know it's his. That's how you know it's a dream. It's his sexual fantasy, but it felt strange to be in the movie after we just saw her have to defend herself from him to then be right. in his head watching them bang. And while Jody's right. like, hey, there's a poor stuff. He's like, hey, I don't want to disappoint the ladies. I was like, "Ugh!" like we're no. watching the crime. He didn't get a commit earlier. <laughs> like, why is this in the movie? I know tits we're, and horror movies we're
1: doubling down we're doubling down on weird reggie sex yes. scenes
0: i read a, i just finished a book right it's the sequel to my heart is a chainsaw which uh-huh. i love that fucking book you would love that book i haven't Get read an audio book of it it's just essentially just like I a will. massive slasher movie fan living a slasher and just talking you through like all these theories and ideas about slasher movies great oh nice but in the sequel don't fear the reaper one of the characters talks about why tits are so important in horror movies and they say because oh. the moment you start doing kills and this and that and VFX, there's a natural disbelief that happens in the audience mind, right? Like when mm. we see the Frisbee kill that guy, that's not a thing that we accept is real in any way. We watch it and it's fun. sure. And so they say a lot of horror movies have these things that we – we don't accept the sphere shooting blood out, right? Whatever. But tits. Tits cannot be faked. Nudity on screen – Showing, it grounds you. It shows you a level of believability. It's still taboo. Okay. But it, it's a real thing. The actor or actress had to be brave enough to put that out. It was an actually really interesting thought in the very end of that book. But it made tits me laugh. Tits are tangible. Because I was like, I'm with you that tits are tangible and I like it. But it's when it's in a rapey fantasy,
1: <laughs> gross. the tits are not serving
0: that purpose anymore. They're just making me go, right. no, not Reggie. And granted, we right. all have sexual don't... fantasies about... Having sex with people, I get it. I'm just For saying, sure. as a bookend to her having to handcuff him, maybe not the image I needed.
1: Right, right. Had he just, had it just We know this like, would never happen. Yes,
0: like you said, had he just made verbal passes, and it was just kind of like innocent enough, and then this happened. Annoying. Annoying, but not Noxious. actually r- grotesque. Then right. you could probably get away with this fantasy scene. It's just really weird after he's fucking rubbing, come on, baby, come on. And it's like, oh, I thought it was such a weird <laughs> thing that the movie did not need.
1: Uh, you're not wrong. And I know I
0: Coscarelli's think like, it, he's he's a tits and movie, man. I get it.
1: Sure, sure. And, and I'm not saying him. I want tits out of my but movies.
0: I like tits and banging in no. my movies.
1: No, just you not and I talked raping. about this yes. when we did the Halloween franchise. Right. And the this, this sad like tragedy tits, where you're like, "I don't want to see yeah, this character's tits while she's getting murdered, and we love her, and we've seen her grow up.
0: Right, that, yes, that's exactly. These are not right These are Same not kind of things. These are not fun tits No,
1: these are not fun tits. You know no. what I
0: mean? Like I don't want to yeah. see someone crawling uh-huh, yeah. out of a burning house, they were unable to save their kids, their whole life is ruined. Hey, but her fucking sports jacket <laughs> got burned off, and her tits are hanging out.
1: <laughs> right. That
0: doesn't do it for me. That's not a thing that I'm into, right? And that's how these tits are. (laughs) Uh, Walk me through your thoughts on Ghost Jody in this movie. I kind of like the idea of the burnt, blackened orb.
1: That was cool. What did you make
0: of this in the movie?
1: So when Jody first appears, Mm -hmm. and I love how this film and this franchise really keeps building on this idea of the dreams, and now we're talking about, the consciousness, mm-hmm. the psyche, consciousness living outside of a body. It's like we keep building on these ideas and just kind of expanding what's included right. in the mythology. And so when we first see Jody, you're like, OK, well, Mike's clearly having a dream that Jody is back. And then Jody actually like dead Jody's consciousness lives in a sphere. Mm hmm. That's pretty
0: cool. It can fight back on its own away from its controller.
1: Yeah. Right? He like has it's, some it's agency. It's a really interesting concept.
0: It is. Again, that's if there's a flaw with this movie is that they add a lot of a lot more sci-fi than the last and don't always This is very sci-fi. explain or utilize it. Like I would love to have know how he escaped, how he The only thing I came up with, right? How is he escaping and how is he still like trying to foil The tall man.
1: The tall man. One is we
0: see he poses no threat to the tall man for even a half a second in the movie. No. There's no threat. Tall man just goes (laughs) and he's done. He somehow has an ability that lets him be not worried at all about the spheres. There was a part of me that wondered if the tall man gave that sphere to them as a gift.
1: Mm. That he
0: allowed Jody to go back. To try to soften Mike or to try to help push Mike in some direction that he needed him in this like metamorphosis process. Whatever the fuck it is he's talking about. Because
1: the movie never. No, I think you're onto something here. You're onto something here because Jody Mm -hmm. is like leading them.
0: Right. And they just assume it's Jody too. Right. He's just a projectant from an orb. He could be anyone.
1: No, that's cool. I like that.
0: So I wonder if this was part of and the tall also, man's ruse.
1: The tall man in previous films has talked about the game you played a good game, boy, mm-hmm. and you know he's trying. Maybe the tall man wants to keep the game interesting. It's too easy. If he, if he can win really easily, you know what I mean. Like if he can just, <laughs> it's more. In- it's a more interesting game. Yeah, this way.
0: It actually makes. I mean, I do because I, I was so confused at the scene where somehow Jody can continually take their consciousness into other realities, and then have a fi- like somehow in that he goes through a consciousness portal. He pulls hmm. he pulls Reggie out of a dream, yet is in the mausoleum where Mike is captured. Can bust Mike right. out with his laser. To then pull him through the portal and still have the wherewithal to have Reggie close the portal and chop it. So Pe- Reggie's in the dream, but is affecting the real. Mike right. is real, but Reggie's consciousness was there running. You know, it's just like this weird, like, Inception kind of math.
1: Yeah, sci-fi shit. But
0: why would why would the orb have the power to do that? Like, what is the benefit of having these little orb-killing machines Yeah, have these transitory time and space powers if it's not a plant if it's not specifically for a purpose that the tall man deems to be the reason
1: sure yeah i don't know doesn't make a lot of sense my friends
0: doesn't make a lot of sense but again that happens sometimes in the (laughs) fantastic
1: and we don't care we don't care not really we don't care it's it's fun to like talk through it but at the end of the day i don't give a shit
0: no, this is always the phantasm math is, is the cool stuff achieving so much more than the bad stuff is pulling down? And honestly, yes. there's not even anything in this movie that I don't like except for the fucking Reggie sexual assault stuff. Yeah. The rest of the movie works awesome for me. I like the addition Agreed. of these these Pet Cemetery 2 zombies, right? The zombie bad guys <laughs> in the pink hearse. Yeah. I fucking love that bit. When that lady jumps into the back of the car... And uh, Mike shoots her, and her body falls, and the other car runs over it. That fucking shot is money.
1: I love that scene. Yeah, I love no, them having to battle them in the muscle. I love that mausolean. whole car chase. Again, a Phantasm, Phantasm car chase. Phantasm car
0: chase that ends in an They're exploding car. they so good car. at this. Because none of yeah. the cars in Phantasm can make a quasi-abrupt turn. They always hit something no. and explode. <laughs> but that's the other, They always flip and explode. That's the other bit of universe building, is that no car can turn kind of rapidly.
1: No, they can't do that. It's true. Um, it's what fun. did you make of it's these fun.
0: these uh ex? Because this is the thing: we had these kind of grave diggers in the last movie, mm-hmm. but they were completely bland and devoid of personality or character. They were just two kind of other tall white guys. One gets thrown in an oven. One gets fucking blender mouthed. Did you think that having the the grave diggers have some of their personality intact? made that more interesting for you
1: it does and if i think about it's like it made sense in the first film where this is very contained to this one town Mm -hmm. if the tall man is going to expand his reach and take over more towns right those little mindless drones not gonna cut it
0: yeah that's true.
1: The little worker bees, not going to cut it. So I like that as we're expanding the tall man's mission, we're expanding his resources to accomplish that mission.
0: I, I'm sorry to laugh in the middle of your point, which I absolutely agree. I just, I was reading through my notes and I forgot two lines, which is one when Reggie tries to bang Rocky, she says, You know, dairy gives me gas. Yes. Just like an incredible. When he asked her
1: if she'd ever gone vanilla.
0: Yes, just just an incredible fucking line in the movie, yes. and then later, when she says, "Some people don't know when to give it up," about the people who cryogenically freeze themselves, and Reggie right. goes, "You would know," or "Look who's talking." And I just went, "Get the fuck at it." Sorry, I read those two lines. <laughs> I wrote a note about like, "How is this a thing?" And I fucking died laughing.
1: One of the best lines from Reggie in this fucking movie is he's talking about this fear. No. And he says, I hope that ball has a better sense of direction than mine. Yes,
0: I had that too. (laughs) (laughs) But we were talking about (laughs) zombies with personality. It's good. I actually think it's, to your point, not only does he need the help and muscle, right? Before he squashes them into the next thing, why not use them up a little more? Also, I think the Phantasm franchise is making a gamble. The Tall Man is his kind of like esoteric, stoic self, right? We don't know enough about him. We know he's calm and composed. We can see hints of this emotional yearning that never quite is given to fruition. I think they made a gamble that having some quirkier external villains would illustrate exactly why the Tall Man is so cool.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? No, this is. By this showing is them doing their,
0: like, man, nah, hey, I'm a self, but a zombie. It kind of reinforces the kind of cool stoicness of the tall man.
1: Yeah. He's that much more imposing yeah. in that quiet menace. Right.
0: Because we see ourselves turn into the bad yeah. guys and it's cartoonish. And then you see mm-hmm. him again and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. Like, So I think it's yeah. actually pretty good math. Right.
1: I think so too. I
0: I thought it was a cool addition. Right. And it gives them a chance. This is the thing. If you do a group D and D like adventure movie, which this kind of is right. They do this in anime is a lot of this. You have to have someone for the sidekicks to fight. We know Rocky and Tim cannot beat the tall man. Right. They are ancillary to the three movie journey we're on, but they can beat the shit out of some of those zombies.
1: Yeah, and right. it's fun to watch him do it. And it's fucking fun
0: to watch him do it, right? We let because we love. Ro- Honestly, Rocky and Tim to me were like A plus additions to the movie. So you got to let them have things to do. So I think this the, it the zombies did a couple effects, and I thought because at first I was like, oh god, I forgot about this. I don't know if I'm digging it. Then I really started to like it. I was really into it by the end.
1: Yeah, no, same. I had the same reaction at first. I was like. What is this?
0: Yes. All right. We got to walk through the end of this. And though.
1: then they sold me. They they sold it.
0: That's the thing. I feel like Phantasm always sells it.
1: It does. When they add a
0: new weird thing. They almost always sell it. Right. Whether it's his hands <laughs> yeah. turning into little creatures that she stabs near Reggie's oh! dick.
1: <laughs> it's it's talking
0: good. zombies, whatever they sell. It. Razor Frisbees. They sell the shit out of it. Um, mm-hmm. What does the talk? This is kind of a point we were hitting on earlier, right? I love in this movie that Angus Scrim. this is the most he's gotten to do in the franchise yet. Yeah. Right? Because we see him kind of at this fulcrum, right? There's something about Mike that he really wants. He says, Welcome home, boy. Your journey is now complete. What does that mean? Right? Here we go. You have lived in this flesh construct long enough. It's time to come back to me. Hmm. There is, there is something that I don't know. The movie never puts a fine enough point on it. Right. And again, blocking the sequel so that as people are watching with us, right? Hopefully a lot of people are listening to us with us the first time. So we try not to talk way too far in the future. What does that mean to you in this moment?
1: There, I mean, this is so juicy, right? Because so it's juicy. like- okay the tall man has his own agenda right can is he reliable no can i take what he's saying he could be just lying he could be just saying that shit to get mike on board Mm -hmm. and another character tells him i don't remember if it's jody or reggie but someone tells mike he's a liar don't listen to him right but they don't know either so we're kind of all in this not knowing is the tall man some kind of God? Is, is this an ancient alien implying, scenario? Yeah, who knows? Right. Is he implying that he is some kind of, that he is connected to some kind of origin mm-hmm. that Mike actually does come from? Like, okay. I don't know. So
0: my, my, my best- my it's
1: fucking cool to think about my it. My
0: best swing at a theory here Please. The first movie is this weird masturbatory fantasy, right? It's this young boy whose brother died, so he invents a world where he watches his brother eating a lady out who turns out to be a tall man who's collecting these slaves and shrinking people, (laughs) whatever. It's impossible in that movie to believe that Mike has authorship of that dream solo. Sure. Because why would he show us all those things? What about the scenes he's not there for, right? Right. It makes sense that someone else is co authoring this. I think if you look at this, the first movie as the tall man is helping write this fantasy for this boy that then manifests in the real world when he grabs him at the end of part one. We start part two seeing him dragged across glass. Reggie yes. blows up the house, whatever. In doing this, he interrupts the cycle of whatever, because the creature pulls him into the closet, right? The Mm -hmm. very next thing is him dragging him back to the feet of the tall man. For what we don't know, he's been co-authoring a dream with this person. Maybe, just maybe, as he's co-authoring these dreams with people, he's preparing his lieutenants, right? These these people that will become creatures with Mm -hmm. him. that can help him stop taking over small Oregon towns and be the emissary to the rest of the world that has to also be conquered. Right, that maybe Mike is to be a general because he has written part of himself into Mike. I don't know if that would hold up under strict scrutiny, but that's the closest I, like I can it come. Is that between the first one being a dream that's not a dream, and them dragging yeah. Mike back to him and not wanting to hurt him. Right, him not hurting him at the start of, uh, the 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 tree sequel, whatever, whatever fuck. Hmm. Or part three. It's this movie. It's this fucking movie. It makes sense to me, right? He's happy when Mike wakes up in that hospital bed. Yeah. The thing he has to do is shear away Reggie and the rest of the human uh, Yes. wreckage, the human baggage of what he is.
1: His connection to this world. Yes. Yeah. I like that. No, I think this is good. And... And... If we're talking about the tall man expanding his mission for global domination, (laughs) one one little town at a time, and that needing to expand his resources, like yeah, you got to delegate, right?
0: You got to delegate. He wants to be in some sanctuary testing out all of our sexual wares. He needs someone out there in that great
1: room he has with all the candles.
0: Great room. That's the the that's the vibe I want to live in.
1: Mm -hmm. that was a real
0: going around right they're like i don't want my house to be clean or whatever i want to look like a wizard who's surrounded by all the trinkets and evidence (laughs) of his many adventures that's how i want to live Mm -hmm. but yeah so i do because it it's so funny i think it's the tainting of the first movie makes it seem like there is this cold physical yearning he needs because all he ever Mm. deals with is dead bodies so there's a warmth or something so it, it reads very sexual in nature I think by this one, I wonder if it's the same. He's imprinted some of himself on Mike, and through that, he can further – because that's the thing. The tall man is not him. That's the other addition of this movie is that when they freeze him, right? They hit him with the cryosphere. They drop him in this thing. Another cool thing I saw, though, is when the orb stabs the guy's head and spins and fucking pops his head off. Yeah. When the fucking golden orb punches through that blonde zombie <laughs> lady's head. It's cool. Fucking righteous. Yeah. But the tall man is freezing, right? For some reason in mm-hmm. this one, they just start, he doesn't like cold. Because he was in the midst of Reggie's truck in part one.
1: Yes. He remembers, Mike, Mike remembers back to that cool scene in the first yes. one. Where the tall man's walking through the town. And, yes. and then you see the ice cream truck like yeah. vapor or and whatever. somehow he
0: put in because he stands there and doesn't move that he's afraid of cold. Fair enough. Sure. His face peels back to show a giant yeah. empty metallic cavern, right? This is a created facade. So even though we know in part 1 he can switch between his his physicality rapidly, from very tall old man to young hot wearing makeup wearing a dress blonde yeah so somehow this mechanical apparatus with which the orb this giant golden orb is driving he can still do that so this is where it gets a little confusing i think
1: Mm -hmm. his
0: golden orb comes out they put it in the cryo tank they're fighting 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 uh what have you walk me through what is happening here at the end (laughs) <laughs> it's tough. It's it's it is it's amorphous. It, it seems esoteric it in a way that we should understand after three movies. Right. But we don't.
1: Well and I and I love how Coscarelli really paints himself like the perfect out. Jody says I
0: love this part. I'm glad you bring it up. Yes.
1: Jody says so okay wait back up back up back up, up.
0: mike so, pulls his wig he is mike now pulls his wig, yeah he has an he's orb. got
1: the the yellow blood and then he comes out and reggie sees him and he's got spheres for eyes and
0: he has one in his head he has spheres for eyes so he's not yeah. a normal zombie he's something new no, we have never seen
1: he's something else yes and how long like at what point did that metamorphosis happen i'm
0: guessing from when he first found him in that room Right, because remember
1: he has the little
0: Tim on the bed and he like rolls him out. I'm guessing it was just in the time span of that fight.
1: I mean, it's gotta be. Unless
0: he already had imprinted some of this before.
1: Maybe. He had him in the hospital room,
0: the asylum, (laughs) or when he was a kid and in his dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean. This could be a multi-step process to create
0: whatever Mike is.
1: Because it's new, we don't know what he is.
0: He's something completely different.
1: And he's telling Reggie to leave him alone, and he kind of goes off by himself. And as Reggie talks to Jody, I, it's the fucking coolest line in the whole movie. And, again, genius to put this in there for anyone who's who's watching this play out and going, what the hell is this? Where did this come from? Right. What does any of this we mean? We still have the everyman Jody, Reggie
0: beats it with a plunger. Right. But it's so heady at this point.
1: It is. And Jody says, seeing is easy understanding well yes. that takes a little more time
0: what a fucking master stroke to write in there
1: as genius it's kind of the most as phantasm
0: genius. thing to say right It is. is maybe you'll learn in the next one who knows
1: <laughs> right and even if you don't it's like it's like if we can go back to the first film the second mm-hmm. film and everything we've seen in this third film and it's like, we've seen a lot of things.
0: A lot of things.
1: A lot of things have happened. Things that we don't understand at first and then later are recontextualized. New questions emerge. Mm-hmm. More is revealed. More questions on top of that. And I I just love that. It's genius. Seeing is easy. It's the understanding that takes a little more time. Yes, because now Orb, That's Orb
0: Mike leaves with Orb Jody. They're off to do yeah. God knows what right i don't know we walk back in the cryo (laughs) tank is open right we see reggie's head through the door he's surrounded by this fleet of orbs right as they said there's thousands of them that's what mike's last words were to tim and the tall man just comes out it's never over and then tim gets grabbed and i was like it's kind of the perfect even though i don't know that a (laughs) lick of it makes sense or pays off the journey we're on now this by the time you're in a part 3 of the franchise you're not paying off the journey of this movie. Right? Especially sure. this one that always picks up immediately where the last one left off. They mm-hmm. get the benefit of just adding a huge question mark at the end and then leaving. They are yeah. allowed to do that cuz this is a a long journey that we have to take. Yeah.
1: And and so this is the what three, they do. This, this is has the been best end.
0: This is the best ending of the 3. I think by a lot.
1: I think you're right
0: because part two is just the it's not a dream and part one was the boy you're like yeah pretty forgettable right. this one really like pops yeah. some big ass questions on us is Tim yeah, okay yeah, Is Reggie the, the okay tall man in that moment yeah Rocky got the fuck out like is she just on a side quest and then the tall man is still fucking back we open the movie by seeing him throw his melted yeah. corpse in the portal now some how many tall men are there we're left with we a lot know. of questions to be excited about. But what the movie tells us is understanding takes more time. And then the tall man says it's never over. Which that's just a great it. way to fucking launch us into another it is. movie. It is. Part four, I believe, is called Oblivion. Phantasm Four Oblivion.
1: Mm. And at the time of uh, you and I recording, I have not watched beyond
0: three. So you're on an all new journey here.
1: I'm on an all new journey See, from I, here on out. I, I, I have like no that. idea what to expect.
0: I think these pods work a lot. If you're on that journey of discovery with everyone, and then on the last movie, you can go back and try to tie all your threads together. Yeah. But I don't think you want to put too much shit from the next movies into this movie.
1: Right? right.
0: Take it as it is. So, yeah, I think this is a cool yeah. way to do this journey. That's it for Phantasm 3 Lord of the Dead. Thank you so much for doing this with us, Carmelite. I've been having a great time doing these.
1: As have I. It is always a pleasure and an honor to talk movies with you. Always a pleasure and an honor to be involved in the mega October horror marathon that Alchemist puts out. That's right. One of my favorite things. (laughs) And this franchise in particular has turned out to be such a good time i'm having so much fun i agree getting into these films and digging into them with you i
0: couldn't imagine a better guest for this journey so thank you again <laughs> at carmelita says on socials uh twitter letterbox all that stuff mm-hmm. find her there make sure you go to patreon.com slash pod uh to find the extra episodes you need to get all 31 this month we have a ton of episodes over there commentaries miniseries all kinds of cool stuff uh to try to make that worth your while so if you're able and you can. It's
1: worth your while.
0: Thank you. And if you're generous for all this work we do, Phil is Pod or Patreon.com slash FilmAlchemistPod. That's where it is. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Carmelita's joining again for Phantasm 4. Oblivion.